Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. Well, it's another week of Breaking Dawn. I'm tired from work. I'm injured from work. I'm emotionally distressed from work. And then I have to come home. And I have to talk about this book? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? This dawn has been breaking for <laughs> seven weeks. Just fucking break already. <laughs> we have two parts left and then the, the second movie before we're done. Don't worry. Because this, this episode is only going to be like 20 minutes. It's really not going to be very long. We don't have a lot to discuss. Uh, this is a very boring section. We could have done this over lunch. Bella really takes the, like, Mary Sue from last episode to a whole new level in this one. She is, like, Dr. Sue now. <laughs> and she's about to get canceled, as the Republicans would say. It's so funny because, like, they keep talking about, like, cancel culture and, like, how we're, like, they keep, they always insinuate that Democrats are going to, like, host book burnings and stuff. Except the only people to host book burnings in the past couple of years have been Republicans. And all of the ban lists for books in schools are entirely related to conservative ideologies. There's also the fact that most conservatives are free market capitalists. Mm -hmm. And the case of these six books being not printed anymore isn't that they were banned. It's that the... Do, I can't remember the name for it, but Dr. Seuss is like estate. the people legally... Estate, thank you. His estate said, we don't want to publish these books anymore. And the publisher decided to stop publishing the books as as a company, they were like, we're just not going to sell these anymore. The books were both racist and didn't sell at all anyway. Like, I've literally never heard of any of them. And he didn't like them. Yeah. The actual author, when he was alive, was like, eh, you know, yeah. these books have some problems. It's just like, um, it's just like the MyPillow guy. Where, like, yes, he has conservative leanings, and yes, there's a chance that he's a conspiracy theorist or whatever, but also his stuff is awful. Like, his products are terrible. We went from selling, like, 500 of them every week to selling, like, maybe 500 of them in a year. It took us over a month to sell out of the my pillows that we had left and we still had to throw some of them away and we had them on clearance for like 65% off so maybe he should have just made a better product and then this wouldn't have happened free market the market said your product sucks bro <laughs> yeah and i'm not going to lie his involve his possible involvement in the insurrection on January 6th might have been the nail in the coffin. Oh yeah. But that's not like they were planning on getting rid of my pillow for a long time. It's not canceled 
when people just look at you and decide that they don't want to support you. Yeah. it's And it's also just, like, imagine if, like, you're in the final season of a TV show. The ratings haven't been very good. And then the last episode is absolute dog shit. Of course it's going to get canceled. Like, of course it's going to be over. That's kind of what happened with the MyPillow guy. Where his stuff just was really bad for a long time. And then all of a sudden, his final episode was that he decided to go and possibly be involved in a violent attack on the Capitol. And let's not forget the time that these very same talking heads for the right were super cool with burning Nikes and... Mm-hmm. boycotting the NFL because uh, one black dude took a knee on a field during the national anthem. Hey, it's remember be- when that happened? Yeah. Do you guys remember that? They love cancel culture when it's about canceling people that they don't agree with, but it's, Break they my don't fucking love Keurig. <laughs> but they don't like cancel culture when it's about holding people accountable for their heinous actions. <clears throat> But I want to be clear, and I don't speak for my company. I don't, I'm not even going to say what company I work for. It's a company that sold my pillows. Um, I can't speak for them, but she works for Sarah's Secret. <laughs> That's why their name's Sarah. Uh, but the like 99% of the reason that they stopped selling them was because they just weren't selling anymore. The company I work for specifically is creating their own product that is almost exactly the same thing, but we lose less money if they don't sell because it's ours. So, I mean, it's... You, you don't pay yeah. the additional cost. We're not paying the additional cost to have Mike Lindell's face on the box. Who the fuck wants his face on a box? Not to mention the sto- the company I work for is also doing like a major rebrand on like everything. Like all of the linen products are changing. Like, all the towels, sheets, comforters, everything is changing because they're completely switching brands. So, I mean, like, the MyPillow guy might have been gone even if his products were selling well, but we just decided that we didn't want to keep paying his prices or whatever. Like, there's a million things that go into it. Companies don't just stop selling things because they disagree with someone's opinion. But they might. And that's a reasonable choice for them to make. It is. But I mean, like, take, for example, I used to work for a bookstore. Um, The people who ran the bookstore, I would not consider them to be conservatives in any sense of the word. They were very open and loving people. They ran, like, really big pride events every single June. You know, they were great. However, we did host an event for Rand Paul when he published one of his books. Yeah, I had to run that event. And I, I, I've spoken about this a little bit before on Twitter, but I, I'll, I'll tell the story now since this episode is about to be like six minutes long. Uh, we can pat it out a little bit. Um, so when I worked at a bookstore, we had an event uh, for Rand Paul and it was really big. It was in a generally conservative state and... Um, I was running the lines and keeping everybody in check. And I, you know, was, I had all these sticky notes. It was, it was a whole was thing. This, was this when you had short butch hair? It was when I had short butch hair. Oh, even better. 
Um, and uh, I was, you know, dressed up all nice because they told the uh, our managers had said that they wanted us to dress a little nicer for this event because it was going to be bringing in a lot of money. And uh, I remember I got to the end of it and Rand Paul was like shutting down his like station and everything. People had left um, and I was getting everything all organized and ready for him to go, getting him to sign some store copies of the book that people could pick up later. And he was like, you did a really good job organizing this event. And I was like, yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> it's, you know, it's what I do. I, I, I help organize these events because I'm very loud and bossy. And he was like, have you ever considered a future in politics? And I, and I just looked this man in his face and said, if I went into politics, you and I would not get along. <laughs> and then I took the signed books and I walked away. <laughs> it was the only time. It's like definitely sounds like one of those like lines that comes from like a fake Tumblr story. It's the only time in my life when I was thinking on my toes and like said the thing when I wanted to say it. But like the thing is, like I had been stewing on my anger and hatred for this man for the entire event. So, you know, I think I think a snarky comeback was bound to come out of my mouth. Have you considered a future in politics? Have you considered shutting the fuck up and disappearing <laughs> from society? No? Same answer. <laughs> yes, I have considered a future in politics. Uh, I actually, one of the, one of my possibilities for my future uh, in school is I've been considering getting my master's in political science. Um, but I'm afraid that I would not make a very good politician because I might just cry out of frustration. <laughs> I, I was going to say, um, I don't feel like the policy is where you're going to, you're going to fall through. It's the constant weight of stress bearing <laughs> down on your shoulders as you try to lift this nation out <laughs> of the shithole. Yeah, Logan wants me to become president. I was, yeah, I was joking with him because I was stuck talking about going back to get my master's and I was like, you know, I kind of want to be like a professor or whatever. And he was like, well, yeah, or you could be president. And I was like, ah! I don't think that I would make that great of a president. But then again, I think the people who don't want to be president are the best presidents. And by people, I mean only George Washington. I I worry that if you were president, we would end up with too many people dead because they refused to refer to you as they them. <laughs> Are you insinuating that I would have people killed for disrespecting my pronouns? I mean, you feel a little totalitarian. <laughs> I would not be a totalitarian dictator. I would be very, I would be a loving and benevolent president. I want to be the first president with my pronouns in my bio. Actually. I can't wait for Biden to fuck this up for you. <laughs> for Put him to, him in his bio. For him to one day just like <laughs> randomly have his pronouns in his bio. Oh God. Hold on. Hold on. We're pulling this up right now. 
I have to see if Joe Biden has his has his fucking pronouns in his bio. Uh, did you see? By the way, that I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for all of our non-American listeners who do, he does not have his pronouns in his bio. Does does Kamala Harris? She does not. What terrible allies! I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, in an interview, Biden did a little while ago, or a briefing, or something like that. This was like a few days ago. He said he called Putin a killer. Oh yeah, that was great. And uh, Putin was like, takes one to no one. Like, art, because he and he even said when we were on the playground as children and people were being rude, you would say takes one to no one, and it's like. Are you actually nine years old? But also, that's like Hitler going up to, I don't know, fucking George Washington and being like, yeah, we're both killers. Like, yeah, technically, yes. (laughs) Yeah, like definitely like Biden did just just like, okay bombing Syria. And I definitely do not agree with that. And I thought it was really shitty. In fact, my favorite thing to come out of that was that guy who was ice fishing. And he said, man, those (laughs) bombs are expensive for someone who owes me $2,000. And I I don't, I, you know, I don't agree with that at all. But for Putin, Putin, for, for Vladimir Putin to say to like try to come back at Joe Biden and be like takes one to no one. Oh god, Lucy. She just jumped on the desk. Mm. Say hello to the people, Lucy. <laughs> Thought that was her for a second. <laughs> All no, right. I'm just very good at cat noises. <laughs> <laughs> what is this intro? <laughs> I don't know. What's chapter 24? Chapter 24. Getting into it. Uh, So Bella doesn't want a birthday because she wants to stay 18 forever. She doesn't want to be 19. What? The very first sentence of the chapter was one of the weirdest fucking sentences I ever read out of context. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, hold on. Hold on, let me grab my book. Just because reading it without, like, with a week in between readings and not knowing what the fuck I was getting into, because I didn't remember exactly where the chapter had left off last time, Mm -hmm. threw me through a fucking loop. Yeah, in case you forgot, last time we left off with, um, it's Bella's birthday. (laughs) No, no way. I shook my head fiercely and then shot a glance at the smug smile on my 17-year-old husband's face. (laughs) I'm like, that's such a weird fucking lie. I read it and I was just like, what the fuck? Why are you specifying that? What? And then I got to the next part and I was like, oh, it's about her being older. But you're not older than him. He's not 17. He just stopped aging at 17 and you stopped aging at 18 you're still older than that this does bring up something that i never realized bothered me i wish stephanie meyer had had edward be 18 when he changed why i don't know but the fact that he's 17 and and married 
Uh, is it going to bother you that the age of adulthood in my fantasy book is 16? No. Okay, Because it doesn't take place in Forks, Washington in the yeah. year 2008. They also have 450-day years instead mm-hmm. of 365-day years. So by the time they're 16, they're actually closer to 20 in our years. Mm, okay. Still. Still. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why, but it is odd to me that he's, like, married but is 17. Because, like I told you, I think part of me will always believe that, like, they don't really emotionally age very much. Everyone knows that at midnight of your 17th year, <laughs> when that second hand ticks over and you become 18, your personality just shifts into something entirely different. It's just the way that society has conditioned me to view it, is that it now feels weird to me that Edward will always be 17 and is also married. But they, they made such a big deal out of marriage in these books as well that, like, I usually... I don't know. It's hard for me to imagine the characters that I write about, like, getting married and having children. Why? I don't know. I think it's because, for me, most marriage feels really stuffy and over-traditional. And I am married. I know that. Trust me, I do. Were you waiting for me to ask why, but I didn't? So you just asked yourself why? No. (laughs) Okay. I just don't like it. I don't like marriage. <laughs> well, Sarah and Brandon are getting a divorce, we, as we no. just found out. <laughs> no, I love being married. It's just a lot of times I find marriage to be dumb. It's between a man and a woman, Sarah, and you're neither. Technically, it's between a man and a person. Of no gender identity. <laughs> Just between a man and a woman. That's what God meant. That's well, what God intended, Sarah. I'm assigned female at birth, so... Even if I wanted to be a man, most conservatives would still consider me a woman. No, because that would be convenient. <laughs> in that situation. It always has to be the worst possible interpretation... For yeah. the most inconvenience in any given yeah. situation. So, back to the book. Alice and Edward both give Bella a key. Edward's key being for her new, quote-unquote, after car. And Alice's being for a cute fairy tale cottage in the middle of the woods. The place essentially bleeds. Take me to the place, or lakes, I should say. Take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. And I really want to run away to a place like this. <laughs> Uh, Alice leaves Bella and Edward alone and they get to have sex without worrying about breaking any of Bella's bones. So they do. A lot. Edward points out that Bella's desires for sex and blood will never cease, but she'll learn how to manage them. Okay, yeah, like, I think any lesbian who read this section would still would, would come away with this being the best part of the series solely for the cottage. Yeah. This is what brought in the LGBT was the cottage. It's just the cottage itself existing. I'm also really happy now to know that I didn't just 
fucking fever dream this sex on the floor in a cabin in the woods scene and it actually (laughs) happened however i am not happy to have read it because i could not stop cringing from trying to repress the images of bella and edward fucking on the floor of a cabin for hours on end because they're not they're not good characters nope not great it's gross (laughs) It is gross. Just imagine you and Leah fucking on the floor of the cabin for hours. Okay, that would make it better, but, like, (laughs) she talks about his hand slipping down into her cooch. Is that the word that that, that Stephanie Meyer used? Not even close, but I was just like, I don't want to read about your 17-year-old husband's hand. (laughs) Slipping down into your fucking stone. Oh yeah, she starts the chapter by talking about how Edward is younger than her and will always be younger than her. And then she's like, and then we fucked all day. Apparently Emmett and Rosalie did it for like ten years straight, just fucked for ten years. Yeah, and they like broke entire buildings down. Uh but the the most important pieces for us to take away from this chapter are number one uh bella curses jacob at one point for resolving the situation between the vampires and the werewolves in the way he did uh and by cursing him i mean she says drat jacob instead of damn you jacob or Or fuck you fuck jacob or any word that any adult person spending the next eight hours fucking on a cottage floor would use. I'm sorry. You're going to tell me about your this woman's 17-year-old husband fingering her on the floor, but you're not just going to write, damn? Excuse me? <laughs> also, I'm very disappointed... That we didn't get to see Carlisle's contribution to this cottage because I am absolutely positive it would have been a room as big as the closet that Alice gave them, but just filled with potatoes. And he would have just come (laughs) in and been like, this room piled so high with potatoes, they call it Spudnik. You're so fucking obsessed with these potatoes. Just because he died or turned into a vampire under a pile of potatoes doesn't mean that he's, like, obsessed, like, criminally obsessed no, with potatoes. No, that's my new headcanon, Sarah. He is criminally obsessed with potatoes now. And he makes bad puns about them. <laughs> Okay, that's part of our uh, loose cannon <laughs> on the city of Forks. That's why he likes to kiss Charlie and tickle mustaches, because the brown hue of Charlie's mustache reminds him of the beautiful skin of a rutsit potato. <laughs> oh my god. We also never see the fucking car. No, we don't know what kind of car he got her. I, I realized this, I, I guess, spoiler for the next four chapters we're going to we're gonna go over that take place over literally months. Mm-hmm. We never see the car. They never get to that. It's because it they don't leave the house. It's so fucking weird. They just stay in the house, like, on their property and never leave. But, like, you can't make a big deal out of her seeing the car and revealing it. 
the way she did because she spent a good like page on it and then just ignore it. Yeah. What's wrong with that? What? (laughs) Excuse me? Okay, it's chapter 25. Yeah, it's chapter 25. Uh, So they're still fucking. (laughs) Um, uh, I was wishing for the sweet release of death at this point, but it would not come. Uh, Unfortunately, unlike Edward and Bella. I was about to ask, how do you think ejaculation works? But I remember they just had a baby. Yeah. Uh, he just comes. So, so they finally get up because Ed's like, we got to go see the Loch Ness Monster. And then he has to sniff out clothes for Bella in the closet. Because it is, according to Bella, like two times the size of the room, the bedroom itself. Uh and it's just stuffed with clothes from Alice. <sighs> and I have to say, I, I understand not being interested in fashion, but that you would have an entire closet of really nice clothes put in front of you. And you finally have the capability to wear them because you won't fall on your face just from looking at something with more than three seams in it to be angry about it just baffles me yeah this whole scene rubbed me the wrong way because like i get that they went out here to like have alone time and everything but like the weird like oh yeah we need to go take care of our daughter-ness of it was like so awful to me like i i saw this tiktok the other day where this girl was like you ever notice that stephanie meyer cared a lot about bella being a mom but never really gave a shit about her actually being a parent and uh it really hit home for me because like she bella doesn't really have to raise renesme at all rosalie is so obsessed with renesme that bella doesn't really have to have any responsibility not to mention renesme is aging so fast that bella's never really gonna have to raise her at all it is very much because of the way the family functions a a group an entire group raising this one child which is fine I am actually a really big fan of the idea of raising kids in an environment where they have a lot of different adults that they can look up to and who can all, like, pal around to, like, take care of them. But the fact that Bella is, like, I don't know, barely there for it. And the fact that Stephanie Meyer set this all up so that Renesmee would be an adult in, like, five to seven years. It's really weird. Yeah. And like I said in the last episode, it's all about Bella being complete as a woman. And if she didn't have a baby, the way that Re- the way that Rosalie is always like harping on the fact that she never felt complete because she never had a baby. So Bella has a baby and she has a husband. And so she's complete, even though the point of the story was never for Bella to like be a mother. So that can't be something that's a huge focus of it. The point of the story was always Bella being with Edward. Well, because she's a monster if she can't have a baby. No, she's... No, that's not why she's a monster. She's a monster because she's a vampire. And she can't have babies. But it's mostly because she's a vampire. Drinking the blood of an, the innocent doesn't make you a monster, a monster. But being infertile does? Yes. Wow, you really took a lot away from Age of Ultron, didn't you? 
Totally. It's my moral center, really. Age of Ultron is your moral Age center. Age of Ultron is my moral center. <laughs> so, like, when things get bad, you just, like, drop a city out of the sky. Yeah. Oh, and, like, I also tend to start huge fights uh, amongst my friends over whether or not we should continue to, you know, use the capabilities we have to not let people die. I don't want to have a civil war conversation with you because I have a feeling that we don't, that we're not on the same team. What team are you on? I'm on team Iron Man. Okay, yeah, so am I. Okay, never mind, we agree. (laughs) (laughs) Everything needs oversight. You can't just not give people oversight. People and like the, the, I I, I don't want to go on too long on this, but one of the biggest things that always pisses me off is everybody is like, look, we know that that the United States government is like corrupt and like has been infiltrated by Hydra. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's true. But this isn't the United States government. This is everybody in the world's government who's trying to tell you that you cannot just, like, can you imagine like just being in your own little country in uh, the Middle East and you're just minding your own business and you're just like, I don't know, working or eating a sandwich or drinking some milk or whatever. And then all of a sudden a bunch of white Americans show up and are just beating the shit out of someone in your town square and a bunch of innocent civilians get killed. Also that alien who happens to be a white American. (laughs) (laughs) It's all shit. And if you don't think that the Avengers had to take any responsibility that you are American... (laughs) America. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, so they head back to the other Cullens and the woofers are gone and Emmett won't stop talking about Bella fucking or not fucking uh, as it seems to be. I, I honestly, I, I, I find his jokes very confusing because the joke is that they're not having sex, but they are having sex. Yeah, but I think Emmett is Emmett is trying to imply that their sex is not crazy enough and that him and Rosalie have the best sex because they destroy buildings when they have sex. And so uh, Edward and, and Bella aren't having good enough sex because they're not destroying buildings. I feel like you don't go for that joke, though, when you have a wife that can't have children and really wants children and the person you're making fun of has a baby yeah and just be like oh sorry i can't fuck for 10 years because i can actually have a child oh my god well it's like it's so funny because it's like the implication is that they're either a not having sex or b just not having good enough sex but it's like they clearly had sex emmett wait emmett doesn't know how it works oh that's the problem <laughs> Emmett doesn't know how baby made. Uh, Okay, yeah, that's the issue we're having. Oh no, Emmett, and you're—you have eggs. We have a perfect. That's that's the thing with the eggs. That's what the eggs are for. They weren't for weird public orgasm play. They were for teaching Emmett how babies are made. Yeah, but clearly it didn't work because he just eats them and carries them around. Fucking weirdo. Eggs. 
I love I um, love Emmett. He's the fact that like Stephanie Meyer used him as a source of tension in this chapter is really annoying because like he Yeah. No, I, I still don't have a problem with him. It's just like Yeah, this yeah, is a for sure. Weird joke. It's really dumb um, and it doesn't really make any sense. So turns out Jacob ran off with the other woofers and pulled a big woof switcheroo right in front of Charlie. Uh, to drag him into the world of the supernatural. And conveniently enough, uh, Charlie just is actively uninterested in learning anything about this world that he has just been shown. Um, So they don't have to tell him about vampires or anything like that. So he's just going to show up at the Collins house and it's all going to be fine and dandy. Um. Except for the fact that he's really uncomfortable and none of their lies work on him. Um, so yeah. Like that, that child is clearly Ed and Bella baby. And they're like, no, this is the story. This is the public story. Just stick with the public story, bro. He's like, okay. Sure. And then he ends up just settling into watching football with Emmett. Really uncomfortable. Surrounded by monsters. Um, and Bella manages not to eat him, even though he smells really good, which is kind of weird. Yeah, the um, way that it was described was awful. Yeah, she's like, he smells twice as good as these hikers that I smelled before. And I just want to I just want to eat his blood. And I'm like, OK, see, this isn't inherently a problem, but because of the close association between uh, vampires drinking blood and sexuality in media overall, uh, it, it's very hard for me to separate that from yeah. Bella drinking her father's blood. So I'm just like, no. Especially no, because this- <laughs> the only other comparison that we have to like someone being like really, really enticed by the smell of somebody else's blood is Is Edward. sexually attracted to them. Yeah, is Edward being sexually attracted to Bella and wanting to drink her blood and also fuck her. Yeah. And so like, this isn't... This isn't a huge, like, smire miss as it is in some cases, but it is just one of those things that I read it and it it hit me wrong. And I was like, no. There's just, like, so much wrong with this entire thing. Like, the fact that Jacob, without asking, went and, like, turned into a werewolf so that Charlie could have some information. But I think part of it was because Jacob wanted them to stay in Forks because of Renesme. Which I understand, but at the same time, I'm like, that doesn't mean it gets to be your choice. The thing is, if if he had brought that idea to Bella so that he could be like, listen, I can tell him that I'm a werewolf. You, can, you can't tell him you're a vampire, but if I tell him I'm a werewolf and I say that you went through something similar, but not the same, but you can't tell him, then maybe you guys could still have some kind of relationship. And I think she would have gone along with it. In fact, it would have been a really good way of, like, assisting their friendship somewhat because I think she would have gone along with it but not wanted him to tell anyone else because I don't know how okay everybody else would be with it. It is, once again, a case of Jacob doing everything exactly the wrong way and it's somehow ending up okay. Yeah. Because, not 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 because he did dumb shit, but somehow just in spite of the fact that he did dumb shit. Yeah. Um, but then when Charlie comes over and he sees the baby and he's like, those are Bella's eyes. And she's like, no, no. No. 
Those aren't my eyes. My eyes are red. But also Edward tries to tell Charlie that the the child is their niece. But none of them are supposed to be related. No, 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 no. It's his niece. His niece. Yeah. So it's he had a brother who was adopted separately from him. Okay. None of the Cullens are related. He just had some other distant brother. Okay. That was separated after their parents died. Except I think it's supposed to be that Alice Emmett, in the movie, at least, they present it as Alice, Edward, and Emmett are siblings, and Jasper and Rosalie are siblings, because Jasper and Rosalie are blonde, and then the other three are brunette. Maybe they do in the movie. I don't. I don't know how it is in the book, but because I know, because in the it's Rosalie and Jasper are Rosalie and Jasper Hale. They're not. Their last name isn't Cullen. But then Edward Uh, and Alice and Emmett all are Cullens. See, in the book, I'm pretty confident it was that they were all adopted. Okay, I don't remember, so I'm going to believe you. So choose. (laughs) Yeah. Believe me. Okay. Yeah, I just, I'm going to believe you because I don't remember, so. You're going to put on your foggy contacts and just try not to look at it too closely. It's so funny because her eyesight is so fucking perfect that she would, when you wear colored contacts, it's not blurry. Well, it is a, l- a little bit. It's not the easiest to see, but it's only around the edges because, like, op- there's obviously, like, nothing there in, like, where the, well, there is, there's a lens, but there's, it's not like anything's blocking where your pupil is yeah because by the same i was like i didn't question it too much because i was like yeah she can see all the tiny imperfections now but i guess by that same logic like looking through glass a window should be difficult for her because of all the like micro tears and fractures and scratches that normal human eyes can't see so if the windows can still be used why the fuck can't these contacts be used in theory she would be able to see all of those microabrasions, but it still wouldn't cause a problem. Because if, if yeah. her eyesight is good enough to see them, it doesn't really matter that they're there. She can still see through the window. I can't yeah. see through the window better just because I don't have super vampire vision. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, but see, now we're expecting Smire to not only understand biology, but also understand... How the perception of light reflecting and refracting and traveling through things works. And, like, she can't get biology. Let's not ask her to understand biology and physics at the same time. Oh, it's it's all really dumb. <laughs> I feel like Chapter I say that a lot. 26. So Charlie leaves after spending the afternoon at the Colin house, but promises to come back soon. He advises Bella not to tell Renee about what's going on. And Bella agrees to stay close to Charlie since he now knows, quote unquote, just enough. The whole family is once again impressed by her self-control. Emmett keeps making sex jokes, so Bella challenges him to a wrestling match, which she easily wins. She punches a rock to death for no reason, then says she feels like she was born to become a vampire. Born to be a vampire. So, like, I don't remember exactly how, because I haven't seen Breaking Dawn Part 2, but I've only ever seen clips. So I've seen the arm wrestling scene from the movie, and I can't remember 
how Emmett reacts to losing in that scene. But in this, in the book, he storms off because he's super pissed that Bella won. Oh, yeah. He is a very sore loser here. And, like, I kind of understand it because they did just have a huge, like, battle with a bunch of newborns. And he was obviously able to body most of them. So I can get why he might be, like, I don't understand why she's better. Especially because... I don't understand why she's better. Why is she so much stronger than him? How do muscles work when you're a vampire? I don't know. She keeps talking about his muscles and I'm like, does that mean anything though? Or those just an aesthetic variation at this point? I, I don't know because the vampire physiology doesn't make any sense in these books. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and... Like, the only thing that I can think is because he was trying to kill the newborns, it made it easier for him to just kind of let loose and, like, tear them apart. But obviously, he doesn't want to kill or even really hurt Bella. But still, like, I don't think that, I don't think that, I'm gonna say it, okay? I don't think Bella would be able to beat Emmett in a wrestling match. Wow, sexist much? You no, think I don't just think, she's, she's tiny a woman, and she's... he's huge. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I love, I love, fucking love watching women kick the shit out of men. Don't get me wrong. And I think that women are fully capable of being as strong as men. But he's fucking huge and she's fucking tiny. That doesn't make sense. You have to give a logical reason for it to make sense to the reader. Absolutely. It's just that she's better at everything and she was born to be a vampire. Like, I'm totally down for somebody small being able to kick fucking ass and being stronger than they seem. That's fine. But it has to be believable by you, like, writing an explanation for it that actually makes sense. It's not just, like, Bella's better than everything at everyone. She's literally taken Edward's place as being, like, perfect and amazing at everything without ever failing. But that's the end of chapter have, 26. Have you also processed the fact that now after getting married and returning home that there's still nothing they're doing to really show their personality or similarities or interest in one another? It's just fucking and crisis management. That's all marriage is. Fucking in crisis marriage. Shitty marriage. No wonder so many marriages end in divorce. No. um, I mean, like, not gonna lie. I think that's what a lot of people assume marriage is. is just, like, fucking. Like, the excuse to fuck all the time and be able to, like, it's literally, like, this is such a good allegory for, like, what young Christian couples do when they get married. Because they just had sex all day and constantly and they talk about it all the time about how much they want to have sex. And it's because young Christian couples go their entire lives without oftentimes without even fucking masturbating. So they don't we should un- say young devout. Yes. Um, they often couples. go. I think the implication was there, but like they often go like their entire lives, sometimes without even ever masturbating or anything like that. And they get married and now they have the excuse that they can fuck whenever they want 
and then they just do a lot and that's all their marriage is and that's that was the entire point of them getting married was so that they could fuck without having to feel bad about quote unquote living in sin and then they realize they hate each other because they only got married to, to put the peen in the, in the cooch yeah and then he realizes that he actually wants to pee, put the peen in the booty uh, and he was never attracted to women to begin with but he can't do anything about it because then God would send him to hell anyway. So he runs to be a senator and then he's caught having sex with a male prostitute in a truck stop bathroom. No, keep going. I like your narrative. Nah, yeah, I'm just talking about the odd uh, homophobia exemplified over and over again by conservative politicians that are then caught later engaging in homosexual activity yeah it's weird (laughs) it's you know when you're taught your entire life that being gay is awful you'll do whatever you can to suppress it including being a complete fucking bigot um when you yourself are gay so i don't know i don't know what it is about republican senators who turn out to be gay that makes and i'm i'm saying this as an as as much of an LGBT as I can be. And I want you to know that I'm saying this with so much love in my heart for people who are LGBT. But when I find out that like a male Republican politician is gay, I'm like, ew. You're gay. Ew. Like there's something about it that just makes being gay feel gross. And I, I it's don't not know that why. being gay is gross. It's the inherent hypocrisy. Yeah. And just the vile self-hatred inherent in that existence. Yeah. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that he's gay. It's the, it's who he is and that he's also getting it up the ass. like. Or giving it up the ass. Hey, we don't discriminate against top and bottom gays. You're right. Place. He could pitch or he could catch. I, I'm not, I'm not going to judge. Maybe he's only a giver. <laughs> that's that's selfish. Okay. That's selfish, okay? Chapter 27. It's a recap episode. It's just three months written into like eight pages. If you remember all the times that Smire forgot that she didn't have to put every single detail of Bella's day onto a page it's like she finally learned how to solve that problem she tried it in new moon by literally just skipping months and making chapters that were named after months but now now she's like wait i can just summarize the event or do you remember in the very first book when the first five chapters were like all over the course of like one week and it was like excruciating and then it was like the next month was uneventful and then it like yeah. skipped up. <laughs> and we kept joking that there was like supposed to be an extra like 300 pages in which we got to see that entire month play out it's okay guys she finally learned <laughs> figured out how to do it so um here we're gonna bullet list the various summaries given of what happens over the course of these three months. Uh, So number one, 
the Loch Ness monster keeps growing really fast. And everyone is freaked the fuck out because she can read and shit. Uh, so the research runs dry. And they realize that their only option is to go to the source of these legends uh, by going to speak with, like, indigenous people down in South America and shit to see if they know anything about these human-vampire hybrids. Um, because the way they see it right now is she's going to reach adulthood by 5 to 7 and then she's going to die by the age of 15. Which, by the way, why wouldn't you just try to bite her? I mean, I know she drinks blood so like in they theory talk about that okay i don't remember that yeah she says specifically that they talked about biting her but they don't know what the effect of the venom will be if it reacts the way it does with uh werewolves where it just t- kills them then it might do the same to her which wouldn't really make sense i still don't understand why they're trying to draw these parallels between a half vampire, half human, and a werewolf, even though there's no correlation between these two things. But they're trying. Smire is trying hard. Uh, Bullet point number two. Bella gets an old-ass necklace as a wedding gift from the Volturi, and... Arrow sends a message making it clear that they look forward to seeing Bella, implying that they are going to be visiting. Uh, So Bella decides that she is going to go to Italy on her own. So that way they can't read anyone's minds when they get there and find out about Renesmee. I'm sorry, the Loch Ness Monster. Um, Obviously, Ed is not happy with this plan, but she eventually talks him into it. And the deal is that Carlisle will travel with her to Italy and then she will travel from wherever they arrive in Italy to the Volturi alone. And there's absolutely no way this plan could go wrong had they used it. Um, (laughs) You know, honestly, it does kind of feel like the most logical option, though. It does, but I also can just see how many ways it could possibly fail. Bella nullifies powers. And she literally talks in this section about how they can't allow... Alice or Ed to get into their clutches because they are they want to take things like Alice and Ed and keep them. Arrow has an obsession with collecting them. Why would you send the oh. newborn vampire with power nullification abilities into Arrow's clutches alone? That is a good point. Though at this point they don't know that she actually has any kind of ability other than just abilities don't work on her. If well, yeah. she actually knew like the full extent of her power at this point, then I think it would be a bigger problem. Oh no, I'm not even I'm not including foreign or uh prior knowledge into this. Just with what we know that yeah. powers don't work on her. Yeah. It seems like a bad idea. I feel like they would really want something. It feels like it would be really valuable to them. Yeah. As Oh, know. look at this person who we can't affect with our abilities and nobody else will be able to either. Yeah. 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 Three, gay, gay, homosexual, gay. Uh, and bullet point four, uh, Arena, who is from the Alaska Coven, shows up because she wants to make peace with the Cullen clan. Uh but then she sees Jacob and the Loch Ness monster hunting together, and then she gets all stompy and she soaks off. Good. Good. Nothing could go wrong from here. Nothing. 
absolutely. How in the fuck, knowing now that apparently these vampires are supposed to be so big-brained and have so much logical thinking capability, did they not figure this shit out that was happening in the prior books so much faster? My suspension of disbelief has been so decimated that I don't think I am capable of having a suspension of disbelief in any book for the rest of my life at this point. It's I can really no longer read fantasy. Because we you get to see in the beginning of Breaking Dawn Part 1, like at the wedding, when the Denali coven like shows up and Arena's like all pissed off. And Edward's like, Laurent tried to kill Bella. And Irina's like, I don't believe that. He wanted to be like us. And Edward's like, well, he did. He (laughs) was a fucking monster of a person for hundreds of years before he ever met her. And then, like, I don't know, they fucked a couple times. And now she's convinced that he was, like, an angel sent from heaven to be with her. And it's like, he already wanted to eat her at one point. Like, what makes you think... I don't understand. I guess love makes you stupid, but like he tried to kill her. So he, okay. So the problem is he was their token black guy and they killed the token black guy. Except he's only black in the movie. Yeah. But like, he's not black black in the book. I saw people were like on, there was this discussion on a TikTok about the fact that the entirety of Twilight is about, white people like there's no black characters in in the series there's native american characters but again she also bastardizes their culture and someone was like are you stupid laurent was black and the guy who played tyler was black and tyler uh and uh eric was asian and everybody was like yeah that's the movies also laurent was in like 12 minutes of these movies if that and tyler and tyler i don't even remember him being in any of the movies aside from just twilight eric was in the the next few movies but like he's only in it like in the background like none of the main characters are people of color at all even in the movies God. Chapter 28. The Collins try to track Irina to no avail. They turn their attention back to the upcoming globetrotting and decide Jacob should come with them because the locals in South America will probably distrust the Collins. And I'm sorry, but this definitely reads like, hey, if we bring a brown person to talk to these brown people, maybe they'll like him. <laughs> fellow brown people (laughs) it's so bad it is so and they they try to play it off like well they're not gonna trust us because they know that we're vampires but it's like like they it's clear it's so obvious that they're like well they're not gonna trust us because we're white people but they'll trust the brown man and it's like they're not even the same kind of brown (laughs) 
relations <laughs> it's so bad it's like so this is this is like a minor thing but yesterday brandon and i were watching this good mythical morning video and they were trying to guess what nintendo started out as selling it was a whole game um where they were doing this with different brands and so their two options were playing cards or mahjong sets and so they were like oh like i feel like maybe like the Mahjong sets are closer to what they do now. And I was sitting there like, Nintendo is a Japanese company. Mahjong is a Chinese game. Do you and know they, how much the Chinese and the Japanese hate each other? <laughs> and, and like, and to their credit, they were like, well, no, I don't think it was Mahjong. It was probably playing cards. And so they picked the playing cards, which is what it was. Yeah. But I was like, guys... I love you so much, but oh my god, Mahjong is not even Japanese. Or like I saw this TikTok the other day, this girl who was like making fun of uh, people who work. It's the tick, the main TikTok was not the girl, this girl, because I wouldn't be watching racist TikTok. But she was like making fun of people in nail salons and saying that she can't understand them and implying that they're speaking Chinese. And this like Korean girl broke in and was like, hey, um... If you're in a nail salon, the person doing your nails is probably Vietnamese or Korean, not Chinese. <laughs> just because they look a, just a little bit similar and are from the same continent doesn't mean they're the same kind of people. Just because Jacob is brown and the people in South America are brown, they probably don't even speak any of the same languages. I don't know White if Jacob people. speaks Portuguese. White people. Have you ever tried to put a Scottish person in the same room with an English person. <laughs> That's such a good example. That is such a good example. Like, get a Scottish person, someone from South Ireland, and then someone from like London and stick them all in a room together and then like close the door. And it's now Schrodinger's United Kingdom. Like, are they all dead or are they all still alive? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Maybe we just... Shut out imports again and just let the potato rot kill off most of the population of Ireland for the second time. Who knows? I don't want to be that person. Um, but it's not the second time. It's like the eighth time. <laughs> the world has really tried to eliminate the Irish a lot <laughs> for whatever reason. Like, I think it's hard for me to pinpoint because, like, so much of my understanding of, like, genocide is related to, like, race and culture. But, like, Ireland is just diagonal England. Like, it's all the same. It's no wonder they drink so much. I know. I don't want to imply that Irish and English culture are the same. But it's, like, they're not, they're not so different that you need to, like, kill all the Irish people. Seriously, what the fuck did the Irish people do in the past? What did the Celts do? So it, I will say a huge part of it in recent centuries has been uh, the shift away from Catholicism. 
because the Irish are very oh, yeah. deeply Irish Catholic. Irish are very Catholic. They're very Catholic. And, and the Church the of England. England is very Protestant. Yeah, famously because Henry Tudor wanted to get divorced from Catherine of Aragorn. Um, he founded the Church of England because the Catholic Church wouldn't allow him to get divorced. And this has been a history lesson with Sarah and Emmy. Anyway, um, in the middle of the travel plans, Alice has a vision of the Volturi coming for the Cullens with their entire army in tow. She also sees Irina telling the Volturi about Renesme, whom the Volturi now, to, now believe to be an immortal child, which is forbidden to be created. Jasper doesn't think they have a shot at beating the Volturi, even with the werewolves and other vampire friends, but Carlisle wants to call on them to get the Volturi to stop and listen to them. Alice and Jasper bounce because Alice can't see the future with Jacob and Renesmee around. And I don't understand why nobody picks up a fucking phone and calls the Volturi, just like snaps them into their speed dial and is like, hey, Arrow, um, I know that you think that I have an immortal child here, because I saw it in my daughter's brain, but you, we don't. They're a half vampire, half human hybrid, and we're trying to figure out exactly how that works. And if you don't believe it, then I mean, you can come see it for yourself, but there's no reason to attack us, please. And thank you. Bye bye. I'm trying to understand why Alice was able to tell them what everyone's answers would likely be if they called on them to help here but in eclipse when they were talking about calling in other covens and vampires to help they actually had to call and alice was not able to tell them ahead of time whether or not they would agree <laughs> it's because stephanie meyer doesn't have a plan and she just thinks this stuff up as she goes what's happening in this book <laughs> I also don't understand what the fuck is happening at the end of this scene. Like, it is pure chaos by the end of this chapter. Yep. Without, like, it's implied. The, our understanding is that Alice just can't see anything with the werewolves around. That's why she has to get out. But she's saying things like, go, like, contact this person. They'll know what, we're ta what they're talking about. I'm like, who the fuck is this person? Why are we contacting them? Who is contacting them? Why are you freaking out so much? What is happening, Alice? And it doesn't make any sense. And they're talking about the the vampire wives coming out of the tower, which hasn't happened. It didn't even happen when they killed all the the immortal children. But we don't know who the fuck these these wives are or what they is do. It, is it the wives of the the main three Volturi boys? I don't know. I, I would assume that's the case, but like, what's special about them? Why does them leaving matter? What do they do? I would imagine it's got to be related to the fact that I, I think it's more of just like they don't bring them along because like they don't need to, but they're bringing them along. And I think a big part of what we're getting with this is that the Vulturi are seeing this as an infraction on their rules, but they're also seeing this as their opportunity to have a reason to go and take out the Cullens. Who are the vampire wives? I don't know. 
it's more just like thrown into the rest of the chaos at the end of this chapter is just more what the fuck yeah and this this chapter didn't need any smire can't build tension so when she tries and she doesn't just end up making it boring. It just turns into utter chaos. Oh, yeah. And you don't know what's happening anymore. It's it's funny because, like, Eclipse was the only book in this series that actually had the tension, like, built toward one thing the entire book. Every other book, it's just been, like, out of nowhere, uh, two-thirds of the way, if not three-quarters of the way through the book... You're suddenly introduced to some existential threat that you didn't even know existed until right now, and it needs to be dealt with immediately. Let the tension simmer. simmer. Yeah. You need a reason to feel tense the entire book. You can't just introduce the problem. You need a rising action. The rising action has, if the rising action has nothing to do with the actual climax, then what's the point? And no, Edward getting a chubby doesn't count as rising action. Edward getting a chubby. A chubby? Are you talking about an erection? Yeah. In his penis? Yeah. This is worse than the poop talk last week. And that was pretty bad. I almost put a trigger warning on the episode because of how much poop we talked. <laughs> and um, that's the not... The point is that him getting an erection does not count as rising action. That's not me taking light of... Making light of trigger warnings, by the way. It's just that it was really disgusting. <laughs> there was a lot of poop. There was a lot of poop. It was like a monkey house in there. And I was laughing really hard when I was listening to it while editing because I was trying to skim through to get uh, a title. And uh, there was a lot <laughs> so many good lines about shit, but I couldn't use any of them. Look, all I'm saying is we somehow, through the use of Rand Paul and age of ultron and civil war managed to pad this episode out to an hour and like good for us yeah good job, team. <laughs> i'm impressed i hope our i hope you our listeners at home are impressed especially by our insight into civil war absolutely <laughs> um this book sucks so yeah this, we, it, we, this book <laughs> a whole new level of bad would you agree that this book oh yeah the the classification as the fan fiction of the series is fitting which is impressive for a series that was already at like decent fan fiction level of writing capability yeah. I think it wasn't my... bad fan fiction capability it was like decent fan fiction capability this has plummeted to the level of bad fan fiction. This is like my immortal if it was taken seriously. I think my new classification for my favorite books in the series are my favorite book is the first half of, of New Moon. Or the first like two thirds of New Moon before Alice comes back. Fair. Um, And then Eclipse. And then Twilight. And then the last third of New Moon. And then Breaking Dawn. 
I have not read the novella and we have yet to read. We still have to read Midnight Sun. I know. I know. I'm a little excited to go back and revisit those early days, though, because we're at the point now where I'm just like, how did we get here? How did this happen? You're excited? Yep. I'm not. And we made an announcement on our Twitter. Go follow us, by the way, um, at 2020 Twilight Pod, which is going to have to change. Um, yeah. But uh, we made an announcement. We officially, we already said in, in a previous episode that our, our new title after we finished the Twilight series was going to be uh, Literary Masters. Um, and that, but we did announce what our next book series is going to be. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? We are reading Fifty Shades of no! Maximum Ride. We're reading <laughs> Maximum Ride by James Patterson. I like that we're doing Maximum Ride because it really helps tie together that fan fiction that I wrote that we read during the Christmas episode. <laughs> exactly. We're just trying. What we're really trying to do is promote Sarah's burgeoning fan fiction career. Absolutely. Um, and after we do Maximum Ride, uh, our tentative schedule is going to be Twilight, Maximum Ride, Divergent, House of Night. Yeah. We have a few other titles that are kind of floating around on the list that might move up or down depending on what we make decisions about. But those are the ones that we're the most excited to read because Maximum Ride is bad and Divergent is bad and House of Night is crazy and also sometimes bad. So... We're really going to... we wanted to put some space between the vampires. <laughs> yeah, we that was another thing, was that we really wanted to space out the... We needed, first of all, to space out the vampires, and then also we needed to space out the very similarly written series. So, like, we couldn't just go from Twilight to reading Divergent, because those, <laughs> those series are almost exactly the same. <laughs> Except Divergent is, like, post-apocalyptic sci-fi Twilight. Maximum Ride it's is going to be the most significantly less dense. <clears throat> yeah. Significantly. Thank God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, as for the Maximum Ride series, because I saw someone ask this question on Twitter. And by someone, I mean Steffi. It's Steffi. It's Steffi. <laughs> um, so the Maximum Ride series does have nine books in it, and it has a sequel series that is starting with um a like of the first book so there's technically 10 maximum ride books that exist however um the series is sort of split into equal parts um with the first three or four i might actually have been wrong on that it might be the first four books um but the fourth book is really short um but the first three or four books are kind of their own series and then like things escalate and get different from there. Um, so right now we're probably only going to be reading the first three or four books, but if we're like really into it, we could continue. It just depends on how long it takes us to get through those first three or four books. They are much shorter than Twilight though. So I don't see it taking us that long. Yeah. I don't need another Twilight in my life. No. For a while. Like House of Nights, like 15 fucking books, but it's also the books are like 250 pages. Yeah. For like the first half of the series. So yeah. it's, it's pretty easy to deal with that. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll also, that one is another one that we'll have to like kind of play by ear as to how many of the books we're going to read, but we can look into it and see because there's several books in the House of Night series that were supposed to be the last one. 
Just like the, <laughs> the second to last Maximum Ride book <laughs> is called The Final Maximum Ride Adventure. And then there's Maximum Ride Forever. More Maximum! That. More Ride! Um, but yeah, so that's the plan for right now. Um, as always, our lives are chaos. And everything is always going to be up in the air. And we're going to try to make a plan as best as we can. But sometimes things just aren't going to go the way that we expected them to go. And that's okay. And for everyone that was worried, yes, the government did, in fact, finally give me the $6,000 they owed me. (laughs) They haven't given me the $2,800 they owe me. Bullshit. Joe Biden, you owe me money. Come over. Stop bombing Syria. Stop bombing Syria, come over here, and give me my money. I'll put the baseball bat away. (laughs) No kneecaps have to be broken. Just hand me a check. (laughs) Did you just threaten the President of the United States? I told him no kneecaps have to be broken. For legal reasons, this is a joke. (laughs) For legal and actual reasons, because I don't want to break Joe Biden's kneecaps. I do want my fucking money, though. <laughs> Follow us on... I just, I just want it to be clear. I in no way support the assault <laughs> of <some laughs> government officials. Hey, you weren't saying that a few weeks ago when I said I was going to scream so loud that Ted bursts... <laughs> Ted bursts? Ted Cruz's neck broke. That's because he's not a person. <laughs> he's a lizard. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Follow us on Twitter at 2020TwilightPod. M is at M of many names. I am at Sarah S. Wilton. Give us a coffee at ko-fi.com slash 2020TwilightPod. As always, you can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and RSS, if that's your thing. Um, Not to insult the people listening on RSS. Honestly, you're keeping the lights on. Kind of. Um, (laughs) Do you have any final words before we get out of here? Uh... We haven't gotten a single coffee, and I'm not saying we deserve the money, because we don't. (laughs) But if you have been listening all this time, you deserve to be recognized for pushing through and persevering. And the best way to get recognized is to give us money so that we can give you a shout out. Yeah, if you give us a coffee, we'll shout you out. We'll we'll do a special shout out at the beginning of, of every episode. Instead of just saying Steffi over and over again. Instead of just Steffi. There can be other names in here, guys. I believe in you. And I believe that you, for some reason, believe in us. Don't believe in yourself. Believe in the me that that believes believes in in you. you. And with that, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.